Welcome in to the Level Heads Podcast. I am Zane Ellis with Collective Build Company. I am Mike Connolly with Greenside Design Build. I'm Jamie Verdura with Verdura Construction. And Level Heads Podcast is now sponsored, happy to be brought to you by Anderson Windows and Doors. How about that, guys? Woo-hoo. We're sponsored. We're legit. Yep. I'd say we're too legit to quit. Uh, but... Really, it, it is. Uh, thank you, thank you to Anderson. Thank you to Anderson. Thank you to Anderson Windows and Doors and the people there. Uh, actually, it is uh, amazing to be sponsored by a company uh, that has a product that you know I personally believe in. That I know Mike has shared some videos online using Anderson Windows. Um, Jamie loves their product as well. Close to the Big Door yep, Factory yep. down there. Um, yep. We've used Anderson Windows on our homes for several years from uh, the 100 series. We put those in, in uh, some spec homes to their A series. I've always been impressed with the quality and their service and their warranty. Uh, and some big doors and sliders. They've become a standard on our homes. Um, open up from the living space, the outdoor living. You know, there's, I was just actually trying to think of a house that we have not put an Anderson slider in, and I actually can't think of one right now in the past three years. Well, while you're, while you're thinking about it, I just want to say a little word too. It's it's a genuine sponsorship because we genuinely all use their product. Yeah. You know, we're not up here yeah. hyping something that's you know a crock of baloney. Yeah, um, we actually do use the, the products. I, I use a lot of E series. <clears throat> um, not alone is the product good, but the service is good. So the last house we installed. We didn't just have our window rep out there. We had the Anderson rep, John Mariotti, out there, oh. the area rep. Oh. You know, he's he sells a lot of windows. He could he deals with a lot of builders. So to see him on site was was pretty cool. It means a lot. It it shows you that you're not just a number. Yep. That uh, you matter to them. So yep. we we're excited about the sponsorship. Check them out, AndersonWindows.com. Uh, that's Anderson with an E N A N D E R S E N windows.com now we have tom trithall on the podcast from lost creek company or is it just lost creek which one lost creek co lost i think creek that's on instagram i, I, think don't, know. It's instagram I don't know if the ceo is colorado or if it's company either way probably colorado he is he's from lost creek uh builds custom homes out in colorado springs colorado uh you can find him at lost creek co on instagram um, Tom and us talk about, uh, well, we talk about whether he likes pirates or ninjas more. Um, we talk about the important he's a pirate guy. He's a pirate guy. Yeah. Personally a pirate, big pirate. Spoiler guy. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, we talk about the importance of having a team. And then we talk about how he got into this business, uh, his history, how they've moved all over the country with his kids. Uh, have a great conversation with Tom Trithall. So be sure to check it out. All right, Tom. Welcome, welcome to the yes, show. Sir. How are things? How are things out there in Colorado? Is the snow melted yet? Most of it. So we're uh, we're all wondering if we've had our last snowstorm for the year or if we're done. But if history repeats itself, which it often does. I think the last day of school, I believe for the last three years running has been a snow day. <laughs> so 
there's, really? there's still a chance for snow here that's coming crazy up. yeah that is crazy. yeah we had our daughter our my second daughter graduated uh last year and her graduation i think we had 16 inches of snow oh wow oh my God. it was a lot that's a lot what elevation are you guys uh, the main floor of my home is at 7,500 wow. feet. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. That's cool, though. So we enjoy it, but we love it when it's gone. So it is my favorite time of year right now where everything's starting to turn green. And anyway, we'll just see if it snows one more time. That's crazy. <laughs> my, the grades around my house are around 750. <laughs> 750. <laughs> 7,500. Yeah, like eight. Just, yeah. just add another zero. You don't get used to it. I still get winded walking up my stairs, but yeah. there's not a lot of oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet. We're not, I mean, we're in between. We're not 750, but we're not, we're certainly not that in Tennessee. I don't, I don't know where we yeah. are. To be quite honest with you. It's, it's definitely a quite a bit different from. Louisiana, where I moved here from, I think our house down there was at 19. <laughs> One nine. So. Yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Wow, that, that's something. <laughs> Isn't there, is there, better than, is there parts of New Orleans that are um, below, yeah. below sea level? Yep. Absolutely. Because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 19 feet of water flows uphill. 7,000. That's quite a change, Tom. It is. So why did you move there? That's a really good question. Um, Let's get into it. Get, get so to I guess full story. Um, so I graduated with a, with a degree in construction management um, and ended up with an opportunity uh, with actually a few opportunities. I graduated right after the attacks on the Twin Towers on 9-11. And things had slowed down quite a bit. Um, so not a, not a ton of opportunity coming out of school. I had one offer to go back to California where I grew up. Um, and then I had an offer from my father-in-law to go work for him in a, he had a mid-sized commercial general contracting company in Louisiana and, um, took some convincing, but, uh, I, I, uh, wanted to go to Louisiana. Um, I knew it'd be a, a great opportunity to to work with my father-in-law. I've got a great relationship with him, but my wife was not totally thrilled with the idea of moving back to Louisiana. So took a little convincing, but ended up there with the intention that we would always, uh, I always wanted to go into business for myself. I knew that, but I also knew that I had no idea what I was doing. I don't come from a, a family of contractors or, you know, hadn't, hadn't learned anything. My dad uh, was a CPA. Um, and that's actually the direction I was going in school uh, was to study accounting until I learned there was a construction management program. But, um, anyway, ended up in, in Louisiana where I spent 10 years. And when we went down there, we, we anticipated staying for maybe three years or so. And so every year for several years, I kept thinking it was time to, uh, bite the bullet and go into business for myself, but just never, never felt like it was time. Never felt like I was ready until, uh, early in 2012, um, finally felt like it was, it was time to, to do something if I was going to do it. Um, and so in, in that process, my wife and I narrowed it down to three places. Interestingly enough, Zane, Tennessee was one of them. Oh, wow. 
uh, not for any other reason other than I've always loved Tennessee. So uh, I was like, if I'm going to move somewhere, we knew we wanted to leave, leave Louisiana, uh, even though we love it down there and, and uh, would have considered staying, but kind of wanted just a fresh start, start on my own. Um, had family in Colorado and had family in Texas. And so those we were considering Colorado, Texas, and, and Tennessee. Um, Colorado was really at the bottom of the list of those three, but <laughs> I just felt like it was the right place. And so um, we ended up feeling like it was the right decision. Didn't do any kind of market research, no, no business plan, no nothing. Um, ended up moving across the country. I knew two people in town one of whom was my sister. So um, <clears throat> my sister and her family uh, live here in Colorado Springs. And that was one of the, one of the draws for us. Uh, obviously just love to be near family. And so that, that was it. My actually little brother was living at the time in uh, just a, a suburb of Denver in Highlands Ranch. And we assumed that um, Denver would be the, a better market, better place to be. And so we came out spent a day driving around town. My little brother showed us everything and just kind of getting a feel for where we were. And at, at that point, the realization of what I had decided to do was like, uh, what did I do? What am I, <laughs> <laughs> nothing felt right. You know, the location didn't feel right. I was just like, oh, man, can I call my father-in-law back? You know, what do I do? Yeah. And, um, and anyway, we had scheduled a, trip to go out to come down to Colorado Springs to go out to dinner with my sister and her husband and drove into town and both my wife and I at the same time were like this feels like the right place so so that was the story on how we ended up in Colorado Springs nice. a, wow. so when when you made the decision to move to New Orleans you know going back where were you moving from um, we, I was just finishing up school and I was at BYU in Utah ah, okay uh, so we, we moved from Utah to Louisiana. Got it. There's a lot of fine construction men and builders come from that BYU. They must have a great it, program. Um, they've, they've got a great construction management program. I've, I loved uh, the time there. Um, it's, and there, it is interesting. Uh, there's, they produce some, some decent contractors out there. Adam and Joe from, uh, I actually Arnold was Press. just, from uh, BYU. Adam and Joe from Cardinal Crest are there. Brad with AFT. Tyler with Kill Owen. Um, anyway, good a bunch of other guys. The A uh, lot of the age group um, when I was there, I'm older than most of those guys we just mentioned. Uh, but a lot of them that ended up in um, the, you know, there's a, there's a fair amount that end up in the commercial world. Um, but a, a good amount doing high-end custom residential all throughout the country. So great program and a great place to go to school. It was uh, my freshman year. I know I spent a lot more time skiing than I did going to class. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, Cardinal Crest, uh, those guys have a very similar story too. Like they moved, didn't know anybody, and then they were like, what have we done? <laughs> Work, it's, I, I it's it definitely okay for both of you. In, it, sure. it does. And at the same time, it's definitely was not an easy process. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I've listened to a lot of your podcasts and others and have a similar story where at the beginning, you're just trying to do anything you can to, to make a buck and pay some bills and 
And, um, you know, things grow over time, attempt to do a good job and, and treat people right. And, you know, business falls into place and things grow and that's how it's worked out for us here so far in Colorado. Turned out to be a pretty good market, um, good timing. Uh, there's been a lot of growth in the Colorado Springs area. We, we do work all along the front range. We do some work up in the Denver area, Castle Rock. Um, got, got some opportunities coming up here in the mountains um, that we're considering. So yeah, you've got it's some, been awesome. you've got some incredible houses going when we see it on your Instagram. Yeah. Before we jump yeah. into that though, I want to get a little more history. So when you moved from uh, Louisiana to Colorado, I know you have a big family. What did you, what was the size of your family before you made that move? So before we made that move, I had four daughters at the time. Wow. Um, our oldest, it's, it's funny. I'll actually, I'll maybe follow up this podcast with a post. Um, cause I just had one of those 10 year memories pop up on, on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, and we had four daughters. Our oldest was 10 at the time, I believe. So we had 10 year old, eight year old, five year old, and Ashley must have been like two or three um, at the time. So not a big move, not a big deal, right? <laughs> no, no big deal. Buddy, big family, sure. And you're going to throw no, no mouths to feed. No, like yeah. uh, and so. It's one of those things in hindsight. Now that I have the benefit of looking back, and now that those four daughters are now older and and in college and doing some things, I'm like, my father-in-law must have thought I was absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was. Yeah. So yeah, I left did. a perfectly good job. Uh, and I again there were there were definitely times those first couple of years where uh it was it was lean and it was rough and I was ready to call him back and be like, Hey, can I have my job back? This is yeah. this is not what I anticipated. What do you mean now's not uh, a good time? At the same time you now's the perfect time to do this. You, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, looking back um at at the time all of our children were his only grandchildren at, at the same time. So I'm like, yeah, not only did I move oh away and God. took your, it's his only daughter and his only grandchildren. Oh my goodness. Moved halfway across the country and started the business on my own from knowing nothing. So how are you guys doing now? <laughs> <laughs> How's that relationship? <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's good. We, uh, he's one of my favorite, favorite people. Shout out um, to Grandpa. Yeah, just making sure we didn't need to have some a therapy session right here. <laughs> yeah. So when you were working when you were working with your father in law, was it? I, I know you did some commercial down there in, in Louisiana. Was it mostly commercial? Was there residential sprinkled in there, or, or what, what was it? It it actually ended up being all commercial. So he knew that I was interested in in residential, and and we had actually talked about it when I was first hired. Uh, the intent was to open a residential division um, of their company. And we pursued a couple of projects when I first got there, but then Hurricane Katrina hit and we stayed so busy on the commercial side. And I I loved all of what we did, Um, loved the variety of projects that we did on the commercial side, but um, never really got around to the residential, which is is really where my kind of my heart and passion is. Why is, Um, why is that? Why do you like the residential better than the commercial? Um, there are, I guess there are pros and cons to all of it. Headaches on both sides. I enjoy the personal connection, um, with, with clients. Um, you know, the commercial side is great, um, but stressful in its own way. We, uh, you know, 
lot of cool projects, but in the, in the commercial world, it's all about schedules, budgets, and just getting done with the project. Uh, the residential side, there's just a little bit more personal side to it. Most of the time we're building a you know, custom dream home for, for a client that they've worked there, you know, often you know, their entire lives for, and just like the personal side of it. Um, again, elements that we don't love, we joke a little bit and say we're, we're not marriage therapists. So <laughs> we uh, yeah. don't always love that side of it because it, it, you know, it can be stressful. We all know uh, there's, there's a lot of balls to, to juggle on a custom home building project and um, a lot of things going on and not always perfectly smooth, even though we try to try to make it as pleasant as possible. Yeah, I know that's the thing with like commercial versus residential. We've I've done mostly residential and kind of grew up in the residential, but we've sprinkled in some light commercial here and there. But we were always the residential guys doing commercial, and when it's the opposite way, the commercial guys coming over to residential, they seem a lot more. I don't know, for lack of a better term, polished, a little bit more organized because everything. I and I'm assuming this in commercial, it's more CYA, cover your ass, everything's documented, everything's you know, scheduled on paper where residential, it's a little bit more fly by the seat of your pants type thing. Would you agree? I would, I would agree. And that's actually one of the things that I, I do like about having a commercial background is just that experience and exposure um, of working on some pretty complicated projects that, that do require a lot more paperwork and organization. Um, the, also just the exposure to different types of construction did all kinds of, you know, every different type of foundation out there, different structures, different, all kinds of things um, that you don't necessarily get into some of those differences in residential where most of our projects are wood framed and, you know, on a, on a port in place, concrete foundation. And um, the one other element that I, I will say that one of the other reasons I think I love residential construction I mean, though we still do a little bit of both. I'm, I'm still licensed commercially and we do a few projects for the right clients and the right project kind of deal. Um, but I love, I'm, if I was, you know, if I could do anything um, from a hobby standpoint, I love woodworking. So I love millwork and trim and, and uh, cabinetry and those elements that are, are much heavier in the residential side of the world than, than you do see in the commercial world. Yeah, for sure. That's what I enjoy about it. Millwork and all the cabinet, that stuff's, that's my thing. That's what I really like about it. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm being truly honest, one of the, so when I first moved to Colorado, it was actually with the intention of helping uh, our, uh, I've got a, some ownership in a cabinetry and millwork business that I um, became a part owner while we, I was still in Louisiana. And uh, it was just kind of a side investment type deal. And I moved to Colorado. One of my intentions, I'm like, oh, I can, I can at least help grow uh, our cabinetry and millwork side of the business. And then I realized I was a terrible salesman. I couldn't sell to anybody. Um, <laughs> and at the time, you know, we started building my own home, and I was like, oh, this thing, this is working out pretty good. I, I'll keep this thing going. So let's sell custom homes. <laughs> yeah, let's build some custom homes. Really? Let's like see it. if we can get somebody to take a chance on us and let us build something for them. Yeah. Yeah. So how quickly, how quickly did that get rolling for you when you first started? Like, so, um, looking back, I mean, it didn't get going all that fast when I first started again, my first year, uh, like two weeks after I, um, or two weeks before I made the decision 
um, to move where we were going to move. I had reached out to one, um, the other person that I knew in Colorado Springs who was a real estate developer. And I knew him because we had helped a brother-in-law that's here in town uh, buy a, a commercial building for his orthodontic practice. And so I knew he was a real estate developer, decided to give him a call just to let him know what I was planning on doing, moving to Colorado, starting my own thing. And and he was developing a, a portion of town on the north end of Colorado Springs, uh, learned of my background in project management and was developing um, a kind of a shopping center area that's anchored by Bass Pro Shops. And he was looking for a project manager. So in the course of that conversation, I ended up with an opportunity uh, to to work as a project manager on that, that Bass Pro Shops my first year. That Again, and I was open with him. I, I told him I was moving to start my own business. It was supposed to be a part-time job. Um, I thought we were the owner's rep in, in the scenario and that there would be a general contractor, that he was the developer. It wasn't until I got here and started that I learned that we were the contractor. <laughs> and um, that it was, it was a pretty small operation for taking on a project of, of that size. So my first year, that part-time job, I spent you know 100 to 120 hours a week working um, to try to keep that project moving forward. It's like part-time job and, as a project manager. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so my first year again didn't get started on the Lost Creek side all that quickly because I ended up managing that project for the for the first year that I was here. But at the same time, my wife and I started building a home that was uh, a little bit of a spec home slash, you know, personal residence place to live um, that we ended up building and moving into. We lived in that for for three years while I was doing some other things. And really, um, it was probably a year and a half um, after moving here that I started my first official uh, build for a client. And um, we were able to, to do that. We ended up, timing worked out, the client worked out. They were awesome. Let us put it in the parade of homes here which gave us some additional oh, exposure and that's awesome. Yeah. You know, that, that turned into another project and then a couple of more came after that. And so it's just, it's grown. Um, but probably didn't really uh, start growing more exponentially until the last probably three, four years. Right. Which, right. which leads us to one of our questions, uh, for the listeners that don't know, Tom is one of the members of our builder 20 group, which is also called the level heads. Uh, Tom and I are actually, uh, what would you call us classmates? We, we've joined the group at the same time, the same meeting. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, it was what, three years ago we joined. I believe so. Yeah. And you mentioned your business started to grow exponentially three or four years ago. Tell us how the builder 20 has contributed to that growth and what you've learned and your general your general opinion of what the builder 20 group does for you. Um, so I've, I've actually answered that question uh, in an, in another way. Some others, if I could go back and start over 10 years ago um, and that would have been one of the first things that I would have attempted to do. So, cause it has been, um, has been game changing in a number of different ways. I will say that, that, so you and I were both invited, I believe, by Dan Duvall. Yep. Um, and I, I still laugh at the introduction I think we had at the meeting because they, he talked about um, us being 
social media experts and I would put you in that category. I would not put myself in that category, but he's like, yeah, they're going to, they're going to teach us all about social media. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make the cut. <laughs> so I was a little nervous, but, uh, the builder 20, again, our, our group, um, just has totally changed. I think there's a couple of different elements of it and I've done other things in the past. I've worked with some business coaches. I've, I've, you know, done some paid help type programs. Um, and I would say nothing comes even close to the support, the information, the, the knowledge that I've, I've gained from participating in that group. Um, just in terms of it, one, you have a group that's holding you accountable. So there are things now that now that I know that I have to report on my financials, you know, I, I find myself thinking, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to give up that, you know, we all have, you know, concessions that we sometimes give up on a project. I'll, I'll hold my ground a little bit more now with, <laughs> with clients just because I'm like, no, that's going to make my numbers look terrible. I don't want that <laughs> in the next meeting. Um, but a lot more than that, it's just the, uh, it's like having a board of directors. One of the things that I think was so uh, mind changing for me was just how quickly you were accepted into the group and like felt like you were part of the family um, and how everybody wants you to succeed. Yeah, for sure. It's there. It's not like anybody's sitting there trying to hold back. You know, there, there was an email thread this morning that, you know, I think we're all on and you just get awesome information. Somebody's dealing with some, some issue and they, they send a, an email out to the group and you get, you know, 15, 20 guys that have more experience than you do responding, or it's a situation that, Hey, maybe I can offer a little bit of information because I've dealt with that before, or, you know, I've got a different perspective. I've got a commercial background and might be able to share something. So it's, to me, it's, it's a definitely game changing and the best decision that I've made in terms of working on the business um, compared to anything else I've, I've done or tried. And, so it's, it's been awesome. I appreciate being in the group with all you guys. Yeah. So don't kick me out. <laughs> you can get kicked out? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I hope not. Jamie, you can get kicked out for swearing too much. I, I'm locking it up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I will not get kicked out for that reason. Yeah. No, Tom's covered. That's why, that's why Jamie hasn't actually said anything. I'm just not going to talk. <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but, but yeah, it's it's awesome being part of that group with with you guys. And I think we again, others may feel the same way, but I think we've got a pretty stacked group. That's awesome to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. We got we have seasoned veterans that are just a a wealth of knowledge that they they, you know, they're very open about sharing all that stuff, and they'll tell you. Uh, I'll use Colby as an example. Like when he started. At the, in the builders group, he told us a story like he, he went to the first meeting and he's kind of got beat up a little bit, went home and he fired his accountant the very <laughs> next day, fired his accountant, started from scratch. And to see where that company is now, it's like, it's a total model for all of us. They're unbelievable. The, the quality of what yeah. they build on top of the systems that he has on top of the revenue that he has on top of. Um, all the, the process that he puts in place, the people that he has working for him. It's just like the company culture that he created is amazing. And like, we're all, yeah. at least I am, I'm trying to emulate what he's doing. And yeah. he, has all, employees, Mike. he has yeah. employees. Yeah. 
and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go there. <laughs> not to, not today. I've got some work to do. I've got some work. <laughs> no, it's again that like that visit to their um, operation in, in Wisconsin was was totally game changing for our business here. I came home and immediately started advertising for a couple of new positions. Um, just because of seeing his his organizational structure, and again, it's one of those things. Like, in addition to the meetings that we go to, I've reached out to Pete directly on on several items, and you know, there's just no lack of information. He'd give you the shirt off of his back, and it's like, here's here's how I would do this. Here's how we set this up. Here's here's how we got to where we are today. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's role models um, that again are a little bit more experienced, and uh, just a wealth of information. I think about Shan Jenkins and their team in um, Austin all the time, like dealing with situations. I'm like, how would Shan handle this? And all you have to do is fire off an email and you'll get like a heartfelt, yeah. you know, detailed response. Like, this is how you do it. You don't, you don't vary from one deal. I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks Shan. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, That's yes, exactly sir. what I needed to hear today. And, and you have then the confidence to, yeah. You know, like, hey, I can go present this to a client this way because Shan just gave me the confidence to to stick to my guns and, and handle it this way because it's the right way to do it. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. So much wisdom in that room when you get together and just start peeling yeah. everything away. You know, I think it took us probably our first meeting or two to really feel like we could do that and really feel comfortable doing that. But then once we did. I mean, for sure. And I, I think as well, the, there are two elements too. If, when I look back at first couple of years that you know there were elements when I was ready to call my father-in-law and just felt completely alone in the in the process in the system I lost my my earbud <laughs> um, that you do I mean I, I totally felt alone like I had no idea what I had done what what I was doing where I was all of these things and yet now I think between both participating in things like the builder 20, as well as just the the network of individuals who are totally willing to help through social media, like nobody should feel alone yeah. um, in in the industry. Like they're you know on a boat up a creek without a paddle kind of deal, because there are guys that are totally willing to help and just reach out and ask. And you know there there are mentors all over that, that have been super beneficial uh, for me. And my my go to is still my father in law. So he's he's still been a huge mentor. Um, to me, but love the Builder 20, love social media just for those specific reasons. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Jamie's so my go to. Speaking when of. When I want to feel right. <laughs> so, Tom, speaking of your, your team and your structure, how many people do you have on your team? What does that look like? So we are uh, currently sitting at six total employees. There are three of us in the office and three in the field. Um, I primarily handle sales and pre-construction, um, as well as spend a, a good chunk of my time teaching and training um, as, as our team has grown. I've got two project coordinators in the office who um, are kind of taking uh, traditionally I would say they're a little bit more like a project manager in terms of handling the office side of projects. So they're working with clients through the selection process, keeping, um, we use, we're a co-construct user from a project management software standpoint. 
So they're, they're helping keep co-construct up to date, managing the selection process with our clients, as well as communicating budget impacts um, of different decisions. So they help handle the office side. And then I've got three guys in the field. Um, one of them is kind of a, a lead superintendent who um, is really overseeing everything in the, in the field. And then two assistant superintendents who work with him um, as, as we grow kind of our, our team in the field. Nice. And I, I try to spend uh, about 50, 50, uh, 50% of my time in the office, 50% in the field, again, attempting as we get into that role of, of, you know, growing and adding individuals, you do have to dedicate a lot more time to teaching and training if you want things to be done the way that you're expecting them to be done in the field. Um, I've, I made the mistake a few times with, with some of my early hires, I think of they'll sink or swim, uh, mindset of throwing them off the dock and hoping they figured it out, uh, and realize that that doesn't, doesn't work all that well. So, uh, been, a, been a lot more, um, uh, I guess just a lot more dedicated to, to spending some time teaching and training. Let's, let's jump into that one. Cause that's where I, I lack myself. Do you find yourself, you have to have just an, another notch of patience when you're teaching new people, even Mike, though gotta, they might be, you got to have some people to teach. <laughs> Otherwise, you have them here. <laughs> and maybe that's what you're talking it's about. The chicken or the egg. So. It's the chicken or the egg. I have to be able to teach to have people to teach, right? Maybe Mike is looking at himself. He's he could be a good teacher, man. Really. Smart enough. You would be a good, even keel. Be a good teacher. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And you, you know, I've had the first thing. I guess uh, the first. I remember working with a business coach um, many years ago, who said something along the lines of, like, "If you can outsource something for less than forty bucks an hour right now, do it." Um, and understand that it's not going to be done immediately the way that you want it to be done. Um, but you know, over time, as that becomes more and more efficient and as they learn the, you know, there is, you do have to have a little bit of patience. You're going to, it's an investment. You're probably going to lose a little bit of money and some things that may not have, not have gone perfectly, um, that you've got to step in and help, but the, the best part of it for me, like there are elements that I'm good at that I, I feel like I have strengths and there are things that I'm not, that I'm terrible at. And watching somebody that you've taught and trained how you like to see things done, then take it to the next level where you're like, oh, that's way better than anything that I could have thought of doing or a better way to present that. Or you know, it's one, um, I would say, while there are things that lose, you know, you can lose some money from an investment standpoint on that time. There are also probably 10 times more things that they are better at in terms of communicating to a client, you know, an impact on a budget or something. There are so many things I remember looking back in my history. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to have that conversation. I'll eat that five grand mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm, this is just not even worth the conversation. Uh, my wife will tell you, I avoid confrontation pretty much at all costs. So <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where they do handle some of that stuff better. And I do, there, there's an element to whether this is true or not. Some of it almost feels like clients are a little bit more accepting of that when it comes from them. Cause they're just sharing information. They don't really have a, you know, yeah. uh, that's better to be insulated to a little bit as the builder. Cause you can come over the top and you get time to powwow with your staff and get a game plan. It's nice having yep. that insulation there than being directly 
in front of the client and having to make a decision. Yeah. And again, looking back, like a lot of times I would do things like that and the client never even knew that where at least in this case, you know, we may have an employee present something like, here's the budget impact of that decision. And if the client doesn't want it or doesn't like it or doesn't agree to it, then at least it's just a conversation with me like, hey, here's, yes, this is what it would cost if we do it this way. Here are a couple of other ideas that might help reduce that cost some. Right. Um, so it is, uh, it's different. It definitely takes time. Um, but it, it takes a lot of the, the workload off. Um, yeah. you know, I, I was working again, going back to the, the Bass Pro days. Uh, I worked a ton on that project. Um, and I love to work. I, you know, I love the accounting side. I love the, the business side of things that we do. Um, and there's always something to do. So I could be working, you know, a hundred hours a week easily, but I also want to have a family. I want to have time off. I want to do well, I've things, as, especially you've as accomplished I, that time. You definitely have a family. <laughs> I do. <Yeah. laughs> yep. Michigan. And I remember some that. would argue you have every two. time I look at what we spend on groceries. <laughs> I, 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 I can only imagine. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's one of those things. It, as I look to kind of the the next step for me, looking at you know, wanting to be where Pete with Colby construction is in another 10 or 15 years for me, it's, it's what I see as the critical next steps to taking that to the next level where I can start to take some time off. And I've, I've already taken more time off this year than I have in a long time, just for a lot of other things going on. And yet things keep rolling and people are stepping in and, and it's awesome. So we do highly recommend it, Mike. I would, uh, I know. I would. I'd be happy to come help you uh, interview. I'm going to crack soon. So yeah, crack. we are. We are talking about that today. I guess. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anybody that comes on your podcast that knows some of the details that you've, some of the suffering that you've had to put up with in Builder Twenty. <laughs> it's all. I, and at long. the same time, I will say I think it's incredibly impressive what you and your cousin do in terms of volume and what you 100%. keep up with and the, the quality of the work. It's like, uh, to me, it's insane that you're hundred percent. That's how the conversation I bring up. I'm like, well, fuck, Mike could do 27 houses a year with this him and his cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've, it is, it's one of those things that makes you think, cause like I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I've got all this overhead. I've got, you know, six other families and mouths to feed in addition to my own. And I'm not doing any more volume or number of projects than, you are. Well, that's so, what scares me. Like you just, you just kind of hit it on the head. You have these people that you hire, these employees, and then you're like responsible for them in a way. Like you have to make sure they stay busy, they stay paid, and then they have families. And it's like the faucet shuts down a little bit. Instead of doing ten houses a year, you're doing six houses a year. Well, that's a that's a guy. That's a person. You know that missing revenue. So that's that's what scared. Another reason that it scares me about hiring too many employees. Yeah. And at the same time, I would go back to, um, I can't remember which meeting this was, but there was a conversation between Shan and Bethany Jenkins. And I think it was Bethany that shared her approach is like a little bit more cautious, a little bit more, um, wait and see, make sure we have this, you know, enough work for this position to be filled. And Shan's position was like, look, you hire them. They will, they will generate enough work and enough, enough volume to more than pay for themselves. And, and uh, just do it. So hearing some of those things, it's like, like I was on the fence. I remember in one of those meetings when that came up and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to add this position and, and just know that it'll work out. Yeah. I think we were in the same place as you. We actually pulled the trigger on a couple 
on a couple positions after that. And uh, one of them has just been, uh, one of them has really been a godsend and has kind of taken that. And through the next meeting, you know, we, she's kind of taken that project coordinator role of, you know, like what you were talking about, it, 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 things become a lot better from her than they do uh, from us to the client, you know, uh, for whatever reason, when, when it's, you know, us saying, hey, this is going to cost, you know, this much money, you know, for whatever reason that some people just automatically think, how are you ripping me off right now? But when our employees say it, they tend to think like, okay, well, this is how much it costs. I don't know why it's like that, but it just is. And it comes better and they're able to see it in a more black and white of it is what it is kind of thing. And I mean, it helps that, that, you know, she's able to, she's just way better at that than I am. So it just takes the emotion out of the whole thing. It's kind of like when you're, shopping for a car and you're talking to that salesman and you counter, you're negotiating, you know, let, let me go back to my manager and ask him and see what he thinks. Yeah. It's true. There's a lot to that. Yeah. There's a lot to that. Cause you can play off on, I mean, it's not really a play. It's kind of the truth. You're talking to one of my, my PMs or my foreman or whatever. It's like, Hey, we got a question about this or Jamie said that. And it's like, hold on, let me get back to you. Let me talk to Jamie. But yeah. it buys you a little bit of time to think because when you're in front of him yourself, you're just, you're on the spot all the time. Yep. It's not that you're hustling people, but there's a lot going on. Maybe you don't know. Yeah. I mean, it works. I do it back. Hey, Jamie, hey, this guy said this. Well, hold on. Let me check in with him. I'll get back to you. And it just buys a little bit of time, which is nice. But back to that. It does. Happen. And I think it also gives you, I mean, it's another brain. It's another set of eyes. Yeah, just, at something you, and see off all you, you talk it through. Yeah. Everybody has, has looks at something a little bit differently, has a yeah. different perspective. And, uh, and so you get the benefit of, uh, just that group, you know, everybody in the room. I, I forget the quote, but you know. No, it's nice. I was just before the meeting, I was on the phone with one of my foremen, and I was just like, this is, it's a great guy that's in town, he's a big time realtor, and he turns us on to a lot of work and needs some help with some stuff. We're slammed. It's hard for us to get to it, and I've kind of been blowing him off, but I'm like, man, we can't turn this guy down. What do you guys think? And it's like, yeah, you know, he's a great dude, and you know, we can do it. We can handle it. We can fit it into our schedule. And it's kind of a team thing. We're starting to take work like that now. You know, cool. and it, it's, yeah, yeah it is. you get everybody's, everybody's buy-in and then you're not the only one that's having to sell the team on it. Totally. And it's up to them because I'm totally willing to not take the job too, because we're good. Right. But yeah. it's like, Hey, what do you guys think? You know, hey, that guy actually is really cool. I mean, I sent, I sent the boys down to look at the job. I was like, Oh, I looked at it once with them. I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Why don't you guys go meet him on the next round? You guys tell me what you think, you know? So it's kind of nice to have those people. And then back to the staff, like we have, um, a new hire, young lady. She's great. Um, but I've noticed that putting her in touch with the clients on the punch list, the final walks, all these things, especially for my female clients, they hit it off immediately. And it's texting and emails and all these things. And we're copied on everything, but it's they'd rather talk with her. They feel more comfortable with her. Bless, you know. I mean, we're intimidated. We're the big contractors. We're walking around with our boots and our jeans. And for some of these homeowners, it's a little bit scary. Boots and their jeans. Boots and the jeans. Yeah, but she's. But it's true though. These 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 clients would they feel? I think they feel more comfortable having. We found our clip, Zane. We got our clip. (laughs) If I knew, if I knew that, I I would have been wearing flip flops to every meeting. (laughs) You guys don't wear boots. Yeah, I wear boots. (laughs) But that's why it's been intimidating. I had no idea. Shorts and flip flops. Now, (laughs) it's a whole world outside the office, boys. 
<laughs> it's true. You know, so, so Tom, on all your projects, I mean, your your projects are s- super, super nice. I mean, incredible. Uh, I love the one, uh, I saw it a few weeks ago, I guess, or a couple weeks ago, where the fireplace and the TV are kind of in the middle and the guitar was sitting over there. Um, I, yeah. I love that. I love the fireplace like being a standalone right there with the two. I love that design. So um, saying all that, who are you bringing in an outside designer for everything or are the clients bringing in, bringing that in or how, how are your projects getting designed? So that is um, evolving uh, as we speak, but historically uh, from the very beginning, I'd take any project, any, anything, whether they had an architect, designer, anything, mm-hmm. you know, so we were doing a lot of that work uh, in the last few years. We, we definitely um, changed um, gears and uh, recognized the benefit of always having an interior designer on a project. And then we, we typically, we don't do any design in house. Technically we like to be involved in the process mm-hmm. um, to be brought on. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in putting the whole team together from the very beginning. So, builder, architect, um, interior designer, working together with the client to really um, bring their their dreams to life. So we, depending on the project, the style, the budget, we've got a handful of architects that we typically work with. Um, Most of the time clients are coming to us first and then we will kind of farm that out depending on what they're looking to do um, to to some of the architects that we work with. Occasionally we have a couple that we're doing right now that were the opposite where client had been working with an architect and a designer for a while and brought the project to us. So we'll, we'll do it a variety of different ways, but love having a good interior designer on every project and, uh, and working with, with architects. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but we are just now one of the, one of the project coordinators that we hired. Um, I specifically uh, kind of went the direction um, she's got an interior design background and uh, worked for an architectural firm before us. And so we've now purchased a, a CAD and Revit license and we're starting oh, cool. to do some of that in-house. We've got actually our, our first project right now where she's doing the interior design. Oh, wow. Um, we just, just broke ground on. And, and uh, so again, not, not bringing architecture in-house, but um, are, are able to handle a little bit more design now. Yeah. That's yeah. incredibly helpful when you have someone in-house that can do that. Yeah. It's it's definitely been one that um, I actually was, I think it might have been your podcast with uh, Will from High Cotton Homes. Mm-hmm. I think he talked about that, if I remember right. And it's been one of those things I've been hesitant because on one side, I don't want to like paint ourselves into a corner and only go that direction mm-hmm. and not be available to work with some of the other um, architects and designers that may have it in-house and they have it. So I've, I've been a little bit hesitant. But we've worked with enough to know that, you know, as good as every designer might be, there are always little things that are missed. And so having somebody in-house or you take fireplace details for one, we never get all of the information that we need to frame a fireplace correctly, to look at clearances, to, you know, to, to know what we're actually doing for the guys in the field to not have questions every single time. And so that's one that we've said, like, look, uh, her name's Kimberly. Here's everything we need to know about a fireplace. And so as we're, we're now working more through pre-construction, it's like, let's get through those details. So we're not trying to figure it out on the fly. Like, um, 
has happened many times in the past. Mm -hmm. Just because those things are so unique on every project, you, know, you take that that one fireplace photo that you just mentioned, again, super unique. That's actually the single most expensive fireplace we've ever put into a home. <laughs> you can tell. And <laughs> and uh, and at the same time, it, every single one of them have they have different clearance to combustibles, and it's you know for us here, that's like one of the. One of the main things every inspector is looking at at final inspections, yep. and you don't want to find out that hey, you're a half inch too close on your, or the, the projection on your mantle is a half inch too far. Have fun tearing it out and redoing uh, yeah, it yeah, on the, the, the wrong day. That's, so that's funny. We're so that again, right being now. able to do some of that, not tearing it out, but we're we're, you know, and I am thinking, I'm thinking in in kind of the opposite direction of you are. We've got somebody that does that for us that we will send you know, measurements and the fireplace and like the design that they're wanting and everything to somebody that's doing this hourly for us. And just the back and forth of everything has just, has gotten me thinking like, man, what if we could do this in-house? Wouldn't that be so great if we could just do this in-house and just bring this person here on site? They could get, you know, they could get their own measurements, talk to the clients, draw everything up, get it out. And we could do this drawing maybe two or three times instead of, you know, eight or nine. Well, and, and then you ex expand that as that one person as that becomes part of your team knows the details of what your guys in the field want. Yeah. Then you can establish a systematic process to say, look, every house is now going to have a detail of the fireplace elevation. And one of them is going to be a framing detail. And here's all your rough openings. Here's the platform height. Here's, you know, here's the hearth detail, you know, whatever it, it might be. And then we can, we can, be systematic about that process and repeatable, even though we're true custom and never do the same thing twice, the process can be the same. Yes. And that's one of the things that where I've had to change my mindset. I have historically just my nature, everything's in my head. And that's, that's one of the things that hiring employees forces you to do is like, okay, I've got to get that out of my head <laughs> and into some sort of a checklist or a document that I can say, here's how we build a home. Here's, here's the lost Creek way. And this is what we're going to do. And this, these are the things we're going to look at at every, you know, uh, to, to look at a fireplace detail again. It's like, first thing we need is the platform height and the, you know, the box dimensions and every single one of those is, it's a different fireplace, but the process is going to be the same in terms of how we look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you've got all these relationships with um, architects, designers, all these people. How are you marketing to get the people to come through your door before they're going to those people i mean how 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 are they finding lost creek that's a really good question <laughs> um it's kind of a pun on words how are they finding lost creek <laughs> that's true. i see what you did there Damn joke. <laughs> the uh i would um say the the majority of our, our work just thinking about what we've got going on right now. Um, we actually have one project that was a referral from another builder. Um, it was a little bit outside his area. And, um, and that, uh, so that's how that one came out. We have actually one, we don't do, uh, as opposed to Mike up there in Chicago, we don't do a lot of hard bid. Everything's negotiated for the most part. Yeah. Um, we did bid a, bid a project um, that was, uh, again, this, this is actually, uh, a little bit of an aside, it, three years ago, we hard bid the project um, against with an architect who had put a full set of plans together. 
what we typically see in that process is the plans come back. They're way more expensive than anybody ever imagined because of what got designed without feedback from weird from a builder. Um, yeah, never, never heard of that before, but, um, anyway, it's now finally come around come full circle and, and, uh, broke ground on it just yesterday. So, um, but that, so we, we get some that are direct referrals that our parade of homes is, um, a good source of information here. Uh, we've had, you know, our, the extent of our marketing for a long time was just our job site sign. Um, and that's actually still a decent resource. We'll get phone calls from some yeah. of those things. Social media has been probably the biggest change for us over the last couple of years, just in terms of really trying to get good content out there so that people kind of already feel like they know who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's been, that's been a game changer from, from our standpoint, we're seeing more and more leads come, come from that. Uh, and again, that's where they're coming to us first, and then we'll farm them out to different architects. Um, realtors, we will get some uh, referrals from them as well. Not not too many in our market, but I, you know that's probably a, an avenue based on the uh, email chain that went back and forth with our Builder20 yeah. group. That might be something that we pursue a little bit more yeah. uh, going forward. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, and still have some word of mouth type referrals from past clients things so that's cool that's cool we're kind of in the middle of trying to trying to uh do that ourselves so that's a little bit of a selfish question too too you know it's is we you know we're, we feel like we're catching um we're catching uh leads from all over the place and you know that that tells me our marketing is all over the place so you know we want a certain level of project and certain type of client and we want to we kind of want to narrow down yep. how we're doing that so, yeah, that's a little bit of self. I completely agree. It's an area where I know we need to kind of improve and refine our focus. Um, I actually just I was just listening yesterday to the AFT podcast, and he had had somebody on recently that um, was talking about just you know the the highest bang for your buck from a marketing standpoint is direct email marketing, which we do not none of. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, we probably need to start doing some of that. So I. Yep. reached out to a couple of people and we're, we're pursuing some different ideas again, just always looking and you know, we, we joke a little bit in our, uh, around here in our industry, construction is one of the few industries where you work really hard to work yourself out of a job on every project because you're just trying to get it finished and then you've got to replace it. You've got to have something else coming down the pipeline. Yep. <laughs> and so we're, we're working hard to finish and you're like, Oh, that was, that was my livelihood for a little while. And now I have to have another house behind it to, yeah. to keep this thing going. And so it, it's one of those things when you don't have enough time to dedicate to some of those things and really track where those leads yeah. are coming from or, or how you're, you know, what's, what's really beneficial. That's, that's one of the things I think hiring some employees, which is a direct result of participating in builder 20 for me um, has freed up some of my time to really be able to start spending some time with that. And, even changed my mindset. Like for the longest time, I've felt like a hundred percent of our work comes from me in terms of future jobs. Like I have to be involved to make sure we have work coming in the door. I'm like, there's no reason that we can't start farming that out a little bit. And, and maybe that's another position down the road that we actually have, you know, somebody doing some sales and marketing. That's not just me. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's another benefit of the builder 20 Tom will do all that work and research and then we'll go to the meeting and I'll ask him who did it and I'll get all that information. And now, Absolutely. And now I don't have to hire anybody else. 
That's true. Tom, we do a little. Uh, well, there is there is a laziness side of that. Like half the time, I'm like, oh, I wonder how everybody's doing it. You just fire off an email, I'm like, hey, does anybody have an employee manual? I probably need to have one of those. <laughs> and you get seven responses. Like, here's ours. hasn't been updated for seven years, but go for it. Perfect. I'll change the name. But it's a great delete. <laughs> I gotta get on these emails. <laughs> but getting... I actually learned how to do a word search, so you can change every you know reference to Colby Construction. Hey, sweet. Jamie's like, I got to figure out just, how to Just take the entire manual, copy and paste it into chat GPT and say, hey, re- retype this. Yeah. It'll be all done for you. Three seconds. Wow. And wow, some awesome. white collar guy who lost his job. Tom, we do a little thing I'm sure you've heard on our podcast called This or That. And uh, when I answer I heard. this or that questions for us. Absolutely. All right. You ready? This is Mike's favorite sure. right here. Pirates or ninjas? Pirates. Right. Board games or video games? Board games. Fries or onion rings? Ooh, I love food. I love all of it. So um, if I had to pick, I'd go onion rings. Yeah, Ooh. my man, Tom. <laughs> Plans or surprises? Uh, Depends what kid you're talking about. I have no idea. (laughs) In the office or on site? If I have to pick one, I'm in the office. Book smarts or street smarts? Yes. (laughs) Good answer. Would you rather be cherished or respected? Respected. Chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Summer or winter? Um, I wish we had summer in Colorado. <laughs> Colorado's kind of no choice. <laughs> uh, text or call? Text. Train or plane? Plane. Uh, one more. No. Two. Oh, I did see. I was traveling from a job site the other day, and there were four planes being transported by train. That was pretty cool to see. That's so, pretty crazy. Obviously, the wings were removed. I was fixing to say, how does that work? Well, we lost the wings and the trees back there, but, you know, the important part got there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Would you rather see your future or change your past? Uh, see my future. All right. Last one. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. All right. There you have it. There you have it. Did you cater those? Because I didn't get the same beer or whiskey, uh, this or that, that <laughs> band of all day. <laughs> I don't know. Let, let me ask, Tom. <laughs> Jamie's got the next ones. <laughs> yeah, no. Not on this episode. <laughs> Jamie's Jamie's this or that are a lot are a lot different than than mine. So you've got how many kids? 25, 26? Somewhere around there. Yeah. Are any of them gonna we have, we have five. Five kids? 
Are they all girls? Four girls and one boy. Austin mm. is our youngest. He was, he's the only one born in Colorado. Uh, but he's, he just turned 10. Oh, wow. Wow. Are, uh, are any of them, are, do any of them show any interest in following you into business or are they out? Um, so that's, that's actually a funny recent conversation. I actually just got back yesterday helping our second daughter uh, move apartment. She's at uh, Utah State University right now, but she is actually interested in interior design. Um, though, when I talk to her right now, I don't, I don't know that she has any desire or intention. She would much rather work for Studio McGee than for, to come back and work for us. <laughs> but I'm hoping that perspective might change uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the future. I would love to love to have her come back and help, uh, but we'll see. Austin still pretty young, but he's actually he's he's been heard. Uh, I've heard him say. A few times that he's hoping to come work in the business at some point, but yeah, he's the right age to get him going. Yep. 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 So am I, um, Mike? But yeah, boy. they. Uh, I say we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how they. I mean, they all come with their own personalities and interests for sure, and uh, obviously won't force anybody. But um, would love to set it up for future generations. If, yeah. If that works, that's one of our, our core values is our legacy. The name Lost Creek came from uh, my grandfather's ranch just as a way to remember him. And he was influential. And my dad actually still helps a little bit. Again, he was a CPA. He's now retired, but uh, moved to Colorado last year. And so he comes in oh, and helps cool. a little bit with our books and reconciles our bank statements and some of those details that I would never get around to when I was doing it all myself. Yeah. Um, and um, at the same time, want them to pursue whatever it is that, uh, that they're passionate about. I've, I've, uh, I continually offer my wife a job to come work at the office, but so far she stays pretty busy uh, <laughs> and probably enough. has other, other interests. So yeah. Yeah. A school teacher at heart and uh, we'll see what, what she does. She can do the teaching and training for you. And that she would be way better at it than I am. And I'm <laughs> sure people would be more receptive. <laughs> Well, so far, my youngest uh, wants to be yeah, she's awesome. Mario. So, and we'll see how that works out. I don't know with that. Got to dream big. Yeah. Which, you know, I told him plumbers make all kinds of money. So, you know, that's, right. that's a that's a great idea. It's, it's actually true. There's a. I know we've talked about it in some other settings and things, but it's one thing our industry is definitely suffering with is not enough of the younger generation getting into the trades, even though there are awesome opportunities to, to be successful and make some money and doing what we love. A lot of people love working with their hands and the traditional school route may not be the best fit for everybody. And there are opportunities in our industry that I think are, are awesome. I love what we do. love being able to sit back and look at the end of a project and know the whole history of what went into taking somebody's dream and idea and, and, uh, bringing it to fruition and it's it's one of the most rewarding aspects and ideally you make a little bit of money in the process too which it is rewarding uh, or at least yeah. not lose too much it, it is rewarding it's glaring, definitely funded funded some research and development in how to lose money <laughs> <laughs> that was that going back to going back to working for my father-in-law that's one of the things he would always say he's like don't worry you will never lose as much money as I have in this business. <laughs> I was like, 
I don't want to go that route. And you're like, Just share dear. how you lost the money. <laughs> He's like, no, those are the, those are the best lessons you remember. Yep. Yeah, the ones that sting for sure. Well, no matter which way you go, you always pay for your education. That's right. Whether you That's go to school true, or whether you lose your ass, saying. you, you yeah. pay for your education. That's it. Yep. That's it. Well, Tom, we try to keep it at an hour, so we're going to let you go. We're going to let you go either, what are you, two hours behind us? You're probably going to go home to your family then. I'm actually headed to the Nuggets game. Oh! Oh. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. That'll be fun. Nice. That sounds fun. Tom, it's a pleasure as always. Talking. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you, Tom. Appreciate the opportunity. Tell everybody where where they can find you. So um, pretty active. I, at least I try to be pretty active on Instagram. That's our primary social media. By the way, account. It, sorry to jump in, but your Instagram is really stepped. You stepped up your game. It's really, yeah. really good these days. As so whatever kid. you're so doing, whatever you're doing, keep it up. As the kids say, there are two reasons for that. Um, again, trying to be accountable and responsible with the the main piece of advice I got from my first financial review with Corey was that I wasn't spending enough money on marketing. Um, And so I actually have started outsourcing the creative side of of, now that my daughters are my two oldest are in college and I don't have their uh, resources anymore. uh, They were my go-tos to how to do a reel and how to create a video. I'm like, Hey, can you do this and make, make it look like this? Yeah. So I actually, I do have a guy that's been helping now at least create the reel, but I still like being involved in terms of the interaction. So he'll prepare everything. And then I, I'll do the post and write up a little blurb or whatever and get it out there and, and interact a little bit. So when, you know, usually is me on social media, but Instagram's our, our main deal. Our website hopefully will be uh, being updated here pretty soon as well. Um, But those are the the two main places uh, that you can find me other than, you can also find me here in the office. Uh, I do spend a little bit of time. We have a full functioning kitchen in our office, and I like to cook, oh, so wow. play around there. <laughs> and uh, anyway, otherwise, I'm I'm at home at soccer practice, at you know running kids around. That's awesome. That's where you can find me. Look them up, people. Lost Creek. Lost Creek Co. Lost Creek Co. Give them a follow. Lost Creek Co. Right on, Tom. I mean, we're intimidated. We're the big contractors. We're walking around with our boots and our jeans. And for some of these homeowners, it's a little bit scary. Boots and our jeans. Boots and the jeans that are doing it.